Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey, welcome back, fellow fans and listeners, my loyal followers. Welcome back to this edition of the Counter Trade Podcast. We're recording here on a Tuesday morning, the day after Jay Gruden got his walking papers. We'll get into that in a little bit. Not much to report about the way the season has gone. It's been a terrible couple of weeks of late for the Washington Redskins, the way they've played. Uh, It's been utterly disappointing. I know last time we were on here, we talked about the adjustments needed to be made. We were hoping Greg Minuski would make. Uh, those did not happen. The offense has sputtered. Uh, there's been the appearance of Dwayne Haskins. We talked about it then. I mentioned how you guys uh, to you guys that I wasn't sure that I actually wanted him in the game at the time, and I don't think he's ready. I'm still in that camp. We'll get to that in a bit. But obviously the biggest news of the week, the changing of the guard in the franchise. Jake Gruden gets his walking papers. He's no longer the head coach here in D.C. And I had told you before, if you had listened here, I had been a big proponent of Gruden. I'd been a fan of the way he called games, uh, schematically, I should say. Uh, I thought he diagrams plays. He did not have a great start to this year, play calling wise. I don't know if that's because him and O'Connell weren't always on the same page. Uh, but it was very apparent that there was a lax. Uh, culture around DC, a uh, non-sense of urgency through these first five games, but I will not sit here and lay this one at the feet of Jay Gruden. I'm, you know, this is, this is goes deeper than him. Anybody who thinks it doesn't, isn't been paying attention to this team for the last 20 years since Dan Snyder has been the owner. This, this is much deeper than Jay. Uh, This goes back to uh, the way this organization has been run, a proud franchise that right now can't seem to get out of its way and in many ways uh, is continuing to fester the problems by not making the changes up at the top. And look, Dan Snyder owns the football team. We can ask him to step down and sell the team as much as we want. I mean, he grew up as a fan of this team. He's not giving it up. But what needs to happen, what should have happened, which needed to happen weeks and weeks ago, years and years ago, was the removal of Bruce Allen. He's been a terrible president. He's been a terrible general manager here in D.C. He's done nothing to help this franchise. He's done nothing to prove himself as a winner at any stop. Uh, Some of these media members who talk about his success he had in Oakland and the success he had in Tampa, 
fail to realize that he was let go from both places. And if you look at the way things went uh, when he was let go, the franchise went into the gutter. He has not been able to replicate any success here in D.C. He's done nothing to help this organization. And then yesterday, this is where it became the boiling point, um, I think, for me. And listen, there is an apathy around this franchise from the fan base. There are... Fans just don't want to show up to games anymore. It's a reluctancy to even buy into the fact that change is going to be good, and it's because of him and the, and the audacity for Bruce Allen to get up there in front of the podium while handling questions from the media. And give the media some credit here. Uh, the, the questions asked to Bruce yesterday uh, were poignant. Um, they were very direct. They were at him. They weren't easy. Uh, they basically said uh, or, or asked him point blank, why does he think he can run this franchise? And he had no answer because he can't. It's that simple. Uh, he cannot, you know, cannot run this organization. But for him to get up there and, and say um, point blank in front of the media that the culture around this organization is damn good is so out of touch. It is so out of touch with the organization. It is so out of touch with the fan base. It is so out of touch with the narrative. It's unbelievable. There is nothing good culture-wise here. The infighting that has been happening over the last several years is happening in no other organization but this. The way stuff gets out to the media happens in no other organization than here. The mass exodus of executives... 50-some-odd staff members left last year after being hired six months prior because they couldn't deal with him. I mean, I I just don't understand how someone can flatly say that the organization has a damn good culture when, damn it, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And it starts right there with Bruce Allen. The fact that Scott McLuhan got canned, and look, we can go argue back and forth whether his draft picks have done well um, or not, but the way he that situation was handled, you would have to be a complete moron, a moron, to think that Bruce Allen did not smear Scott McLuhan on purpose. They absolutely smeared him on the way out because Bruce felt he was being usurped. It's very apparent the fan base was willing to buy into what Scott's plan was. And look, there were some bright spots that happened. There were some things that looked good. He had a plan in place. He was trying to acquire big physical football players, mall graders who were going to change the way this organization was. Some of the picks have hit. Brennan Sheriff, prime example. Big time hit there. Many people thought it was a little high to take a guard there, but there's no doubt he's been one of the best picks in recent memory in this organization. But the fact that the fan base was buying in on his plan and not in Bruce's plan, Bruce had to make a move. He could not lose power. And here we go again, Bruce Allen making another change and in charge of another coaching search. And, you know, I want to believe that the Redskins are going to get, get things right. And look, we'll talk about the candidates here in, in just a bit, uh, potential candidates for the team, but you, ca- I have no faith. And look, I'm not trying to be the, the bearer of bad news because you know how you feel about this. You know you don't trust this organization to make the right hire. Scott Van Pelt the other day from ESPN did a his uh, uh, four-minute spiel on the Redskins, and it was spot on. The last four or five hires by the Redskins, they've tried everything. 
And the biggest problem of why things haven't worked is not because the coaches. It's because of the meddling from up top getting in the way. It's from them wanting to make sure they have to have their say rather than letting the coaches make the decisions on the field. And listen, some of the coaches have not been great. Jim Zorn was a disaster. A complete, utter disaster. He was way, this job was way above him. He couldn't handle it. But look, he was probably the only guy who was going to take the job at the time. That very much is clear. Who hires an offensive coordinator before they hire a head coach? Only here in D.C. does that kind of stuff happen. Okay? So, that, 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 he, that was above him. This, this job was too much for him. I just don't understand how we get back to the same point at the same time each and every season. And the thing is, and you can poll Redskin fans, and we're going to put a poll here on the podcast, and you go, you go, uh, you go ahead and, and submit it. But how many of you really hated Jay Gruden? Really hated him? Where it was like, yes, it's his fault. And I'll tell you what, um, from whom I've spoken with, the majority of Redskin fans are not laying the blame here on Gruden, and rightfully so. They know where the problem entails, and that is with Bruce Allen. Bruce needs to go. And I've never been one to sit there and pom-pom getting someone fired other than the way uh, their performance has been on the field. I don't like people losing their jobs, but gosh darn it, he's got to go. Enough is enough. We've seen it. We've seen this song and dance. Uh, We've done this song and dance, I should say, more than enough times. And Dan Snyder, for someone who's been a successful businessman, not talking about being a football guy, a successful businessman on his own, you have to un- you have to question how is it that he does not see what everyone else sees? How is it that he does not understand the same thing? Now, I'm not going to sit here and say if we lose every game from here on out that Bruce is going to get his walking papers because I also don't want that, and I don't want that for good reasons. I don't think these players deserve to go through that type of year. What I mean by that is there are some guys that want to be here. There are some guys that are working hard. If you watch the film, uh, we've watched the film of a couple games now. I didn't get a chance to go over the Patriots game yet. Uh, but going back to last, the, the previous week, the Bears game, uh, there are some guys that are playing hard. There are guys that are working hard. There are guys that are doing the right thing trying to pull the rope in the right direction. Jonathan Allen uh, being one, Deron Payne being a guy that plays hard, Landon Collins, while he's had some difficulties in the safety position thus far this year, is flying all over the football field. You can see a lot of the young guys uh, uh, putting forth 100% effort. Brandon Sheriff has been a a terrific player, but you know what's funny is he doesn't want to sign a new extension. The Irish have been a conversation because he understands what's going on here culture-wise. Okay, but there are some guys that are playing hard, and they're guys that want to be here. They want to be Redskins, and I don't want them to go through an 0-16 season if it means Bruce Allen gets fired. I don't, because I don't want that for them. What I want is Dan Snyder to grow a pair like he used to do and send Bruce Allen up the river and out of town. That's what I want to see done, because enough has been enough around this organization uh, with, with in regards to the way things have been run the way fans have been treated, and essentially at this point, the way fans now feel about this football team. Because let's be completely frank, this fan base deserves a lot better than what this organization is giving. Okay, Dan Snyder committed years ago, a couple years ago, to staying out of the way, doing things the right way. He's not throwing money around frivolously. Okay, they were going to build through the draft. 
And now here we are again. The organization, a mess. Leaking out information that the team didn't want, that the coaching staff didn't want Haskins, uh, that Snyder pulled the trigger. Be that as it may, maybe the organization, maybe the coaching staff didn't want Haskins right away, uh, didn't want Haskins, and they wanted Daniel Jones because they felt that Haskins was uh, too far away and Jones was ready to step in. Fine. You can watch and see the talent that Dwayne has, but you can also understand where the staff is like, he needs time. This goes back to what I said earlier, where I don't believe he's ready to play. I'm totally fine with him sitting out uh, for this season. I'm not one to rush him in. I don't think it's a good idea. And here's reasons why I, I think we, we can sit Haskins, get him through a year. Back in the day, these are the kinds of things that happen. And I don't. what I don't want for Dwayne is I don't want him to become a Mark Sanchez and a David Carr. And what I mean by that is, and I'll go with the Carr reference first, David Carr was not ready to run the Houston Texans organization when he was drafted at Fresno State Okay, as, the, as their quarterback. He was not ready to step into that. That team around him was not ready to develop him. There were a lot of young players, a lot of mismatches. They were a franchise. They were an expansion franchise. And for two seasons, he got his brains beat in. Just obliterated. And it ruined his career to the point where I know I can go to my grave saying David Carr would have been a much better NFL quarterback, would have been a successful NFL quarterback had he been on a different organization and given time to develop with players around him that could help him develop. He was not ready. Okay, and his career subsequently ended up being not what any many expected. I mean, he came out of college, terrific arm, great mobility. Uh, he was a smart kid, still a smart individual. It just didn't work out, and part of that was because he was rushed through the process. Mark Sanchez, in a very similar situation where he was with the New York Jets, they had early success, but the early success was mainly based around the defense and handing the football off and making plays for him that were easy, uh, easy throws, I should say. But he never truly developed because the people around him didn't help him develop. The coaching staff at, for the New York Jets uh, at the time on the offensive side of the ball did not develop him enough. The offensive line did not help him enough. Subsequently, Sanchez ended up becoming what many would look at as a bust, even though he had taken the Jets to the AFC Championship game. Okay? These are the things and the comparisons that I don't want to happen to Dwayne because he needs time to develop. This is a guy that's only played or started one year in college, and before that, it would, you had to go back a couple years to high school. Okay, so it's 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 a lot to expect from him to step on an NFL field with complex offenses, complex defenses, process it, having not played a significant amount of football. He didn't play a significant amount anyway in the preseason. So I can understand wanting to put together a, a plan and a package that he feels comfortable running, but I don't want to put him out there in a situation where now we have a coaching change happening. Okay, Now we have different voices being spoken to him. Okay, This is not good for his development to begin with, and we're going to have multiple changes going on around him and around the organization. All right, And now we're going to throw him in the fire. I want to pull back a little bit, let Dwayne process what's going on, get him his reps on the practice field, and prepare him to be the starter next year, week one. There's nothing wrong with sitting and developing your quarterback, letting him understand what it means to be a professional football player 
letting him understand what some guys are just not ready to step in. I don't care that he was taken in the first round. That doesn't matter to me. You take him because he's a first round talent, because you think he's going to be a franchise altering, franchise changing player, a guy that could lead you for 10 to 15 years. It does not have to be year one when your 10 to 15 year clock starts. That could be year two when your 10 to 15 year clock starts, when you're officially ready for that guy, or you believe he's officially ready to take over and run the organization. And right now, I'm in the camp that says he's not ready, and I'm not rushing him out there, and I'm not playing him because I know what's around him at this point. I don't trust that right now, this is the right time to lead him. You've got two veteran quarterbacks okay, on this team. You're not playing for this season anymore. That is very clear. At 0-5, you ain't playing for nothing. There's no way this team runs the table. And anybody thinks that's going to happen with Bill Callahan as the head coach, look, whatever you're smoking, send it my way. It ain't happening. Okay? Right now, you're playing for next season. With that said, playing for next season does not mean rushing people through the process. Think about it in the terms of a minor league baseball team or a professional baseball team. Just because you have the number one prospect in baseball doesn't mean the guy is going to be in the big leagues the year you draft him. It just doesn't work that way. It's a process. It's a development. It's a way of making sure that that guy is ready when he steps into this role. Not only is he going to succeed, but he's going to succeed, I should say, but he's going to exceed expectations that were set forth for him. We all want Dwayne to be a successful player. We all want that for him. We all think he can be a successful football player. And by all accounts, from what I've seen on tape and what I've seen in the preseason, he is a baller. And his attitude is terrific. He works hard, he's hungry, and he wants it. Don't rush him. We cannot rush him because we're just thinking about next year. Let's get through the season. Let's let's just get through the year. Try to stay as healthy as we can evaluate the talent that's on the field because like I said in the beginning of the year there is talent here it's just not being cultivated properly there's just not being held accountable enough there are guys that are holding other guys back because they're not doing their jobs let's get through the season now in terms of who's going to be the next head coach there are going to be candidates out there and look there's only so many NFL jobs out there I don't care who the general manager is. Guys will look at this and say, okay, can I restore this proud franchise back? It's always going to be that allure. It'll always be there. The Redskins will always be something. Someone will always say, how can I make the Reds bring the Redskins back to what they are? Or what this organization and what this history of this franchise is. How can I, I want to be that guy. So there will be people interested. There will be more people interested when Bruce Allen gets sent down the river and up out of town. Don't get, don't get it twisted. This job will then be supremely coveted if Bruce Allen is gone. It will be a coveted job because, one, you've got a franchise quarterback you think you can build around. Okay, If you get a guy in here or someone thinks that they can build around Dwayne Haskins, it becomes immediately an attractive football job because that's the first thing people think about. Do I have a quarterback I can succeed with? The answer is, with Dwayne Haskins, yes, this is your job. This is your job. You got a guy you can mold for several years with some pretty nice weapons around him. 
All right, Scary Terry's a pretty nice weapon at wide receiver. All right, if Geis can get healthy, get yourself a running back you can play with. All right, we've talked about how uh, he's going to be the bell cow moving forward. You got Bryce Love coming back, right? Like there are some pieces around here where, and if you can if you can figure out how to keep the offensive line, you know what, and uh, you know whether it's Sheriff and maybe you can with Bruce being axed out, maybe Trent then says I'll come back. Now you got some pieces. Now you got some pieces you can work with, but it all is going to stem from all right. Is Bruce gone? One, and then two. Does the coach think? He can win with Dwayne Haskins as the quarterback. Because if you have your quarterback, you're a young quarterback you can mold and build a team around, you can get yourself a head coach. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Now, a couple guys that I think will be in the mix. I think we're going to hear Todd Bowles' name. He was up, uh, the Redskins wanted to bring him back this season, this offseason when he was let go by the Jets. They wanted to put him on the staff. Uh, Todd said no. I think part and parcel with that is that uh, he did not think that the coaching staff might survive the year, so he said, I'm not doing that. And you know what? Kudos to him for reading the tea leaves because he was right. Uh, I think Todd Bowles would be a, a good choice, a solid football guy. Uh, nothing splashy about him, uh, but he's a former Redskin, uh, a defensive guy, and he holds guys accountable. It, for me, it will be interesting to see if that ends up being the move where does Todd go offensively um, in that regard? But Todd Bowles is the name that uh, that will be in the mix. Uh, I think the big the, the guy I'd go after is Eric Bieniemy uh, in Kansas City, the Chiefs' offensive coordinator. Uh, obviously, the work he's done uh, with Andy Reid and, and Pat Mahomes and the way that offense runs now that he's is, and now that Bieniemy has taken over the play calling duties, I think he's an excellent choice um, for head coach. Uh, I think we'll hear his name. I think you're going to hear Rex Ryan's name thrown into the mix. Uh, again, that will fall in a little bit of the Bulls category for me. It'll be interesting to see who uh, Rex, uh, if he's in the mix, who he can put together as a staff on the offensive side of the ball. Because while Rex can motivate, uh, and there's no doubt about players love playing for him, and he can motivate, he's never been able to put together an offense, and that's partly because he's never put together a good offensive staff uh, around him. Defensively, they've, he's always been able to have his team become, be successful, and guys tend to uh, play extremely hard for him. Uh, he was a little boisterous, obviously, early on, very brass, uh, brash, I should say, uh, but I think he's, uh, you know, maybe he's mellowed a little bit, but with that being said, his name will probably get in the mix. I don't know if it's going to be an actual thing or if, or if Rex is going to make his name known um, that he's interested in. Uh, in, in, in the coaching job. And then obviously, you know, look, on staff, you know, you've got Kevin O'Connell, the offensive coordinator, and it's going to be interesting to see what it's, what he looks like now uh, that he's going to be calling the plays. This is going to be his offense under Bill Callahan. All the wrinkles and changes are going to be Kevin O'Connell's uh, calls. Gruden, uh, you know, while giving the offensive coordinator title to O'Connell, didn't really fully relinquish the play calling duties uh, to him. So it'll be interesting to see uh, – what O'Connell does here uh, now that he'll be the new offensive coordinator uh, and be in complete control. I think his name will come in the mix because I think the Redskins are going to look at it and say, uh, we've seen uh, Matt LaFleur, we've seen Kyle Shanahan, we've seen Sean McVay all in our building have success afterwards. Is uh, O'Connell a, a guy that's going to fill or, or fall in line in that, in that similar uh, kind of mold? Mike Tomlin's name's coming up recently. Uh, if the Steelers let him go, 
it, it's made clear that Dan Snyder would reach out to him. I just don't know if Mike Tomlin would take this job with Bruce Allen around. I think that's a pie-in-the-sky kind of uh, wishful thinking kind of uh, hope by uh, by all. Uh, but if, they, if they were able to pull that, no doubt. Uh, I think Redskin fans would 100% get behind that. I think that would be a uh, uh, a terrific move. Uh, but, again, I'm not 100% sure that that's actually going to be um, something that's actually viable for this for this franchise and for this organization at this point. And who knows? You know, Pittsburgh uh, might not get rid of them um, altogether, uh, be that as it may. So those are a couple names that, that we're hearing, a couple of names that I'm thinking will, will be in the mix uh, I'm sure there, as we uh, go through it, and this is still obviously fresh and new uh, for all of us right now, that there will be several other names that we can think of that will get in the mix here um, as the new head coach. There's always a candidate uh, coordinator that pops up midway through the year. Uh, you can probably cross off the Josh McDaniels kind of thing. That's not going to happen here in D.C. Um, but there's always the names that will pop up uh, you know, down the line that – uh, they had some success. Maybe they had some success in the postseason, and they and they get hot at the end and become a hot coaching candidate. But uh, right now, that's that's the the four one one in DC. Things uh, back to where we uh, kind of been through over the last twenty years. More misery and more disdain for Redskins fans. But uh, let's let's hope there's some hope at you know at the end of this tunnel that you know Dan Snyder wakes up one night middle of the night in a cold sweat and realizes that he's made a big mistake for holding on to Bruce Allen this long. and Maybe he wakes up out of this trance that he's in with uh, with Bruce and sends him on his way. But uh, So that's the pod this week. Uh, obviously tune in. We've got a couple who are actually be out. I'll be out of the country here for the next two weeks. I'm headed to Spain on my honeymoon. Um, thank you guys for the well wishes. Uh, but until I get back here, let's hope that you know things turn around, and let's hope that these Redskins finally get things in order. Uh, we can only hope that Bruce Allen's time here in D.C. comes to an end.